Welcome to the Wellness Breakthrough Podcast with Marcus Pierce and Brett Hill. Real people sharing how they broke through. Hello and welcome to the Wellness Breakthrough Podcast, the podcast featuring inspiring stories from our tribe here at the Wellness Couch Podcast Network. Marcus Pierce here with you, Director and CEO at the Wellness Couch, and as I will on every edition of the Wellness Breakthrough Podcast, it gives me great pleasure to say hello to my Wellness Couch teammate, my co-director, the co-founder of the Wellness Couch Podcast Network. It is Dr. Brett Hill. How are you, Bretto? Good. Thank you, Marcus. How are you? Great to be on board. This isn't a very exciting project for you and I. Let's tell our wonderful listeners, our Wellness Couch tribe, what is the Wellness Breakthrough Podcast all about? It was your idea. I'm not taking any credit for it. Tell the listeners, what is the Wellness Breakthrough Podcast all about? Well, it's really an opportunity for us to share and also to a degree for us to discover all of the stories of people who have been influenced by the Wellness Couch Network. You know, we know that uh, we have done, you know, we do over 2 million downloads a year on the network now. We have over 8 million lifetime listens. Uh, we have over five events a year. And often we don't really hear the stories that go on behind the scenes. You know, people who are um, engaging with us in an online capacity, we don't necessarily get to meet in person. Um, and we miss out on a lot of these stories. So often it is when we get to our live events and, and someone will come up and share with us one of these stories that we realize just how much impact uh, has been had and has been made by our podcasters and our amazing podcast that we have on our network. So this is an opportunity for us to discover those stories, but also for us to share those stories um, because we think there's a lot of lessons and a lot of learning and certainly a huge amount of inspiration that can be found from these. So what you're saying is we've got FOMO. We've got FOMO that we don't get to hear okay. all of the stories and we thought we'd yeah. start this podcast so we can actually indulge and get to hear some of the incredible wellness adventures that our tribe has been on. That's really what it's about, isn't it? Absolutely, because they're incredibly inspiring. You know, anytime we go to one of our events and I hear these stories, I just get so pumped up and inspired to keep doing what we do and so grateful for all of our podcasters who do such amazing work on our network. So it, it really is, uh, you know, as always, quite selfish from us, Marcus, that we just want to hear these stories because they're just magnificent. It is corny, but I I tend to say to anyone that sends an email or a, a, a social media message of uh, of their story, it is the fuel that keeps people like you and I doing what we're doing. It is so nice for anyone to know that you're making an impact in people's lives and that people truly value what you do and um, there is one story episode one you, you know there's a few people we thought we could interview on episode one but really this is probably one of the most incredible heart-wrenching but equally remarkable stories and we really felt it was quite unanimous in the end that the Melissa Dallas story uh, was one that had to be told this happened or began for us back at the Wellness Summit, I think it was back in 2015, uh, we were given some information by an incredible chiropractor, her name is Caitlin McGregor, that there was a young child um, and his family that were under stress. A young boy by the name of Byron Della had cancer um, and Caitlin, his chiropractor, asked if we would write a card to the family to share our best wishes um, for his recovery. Well, at that time, we said, no, let's go one better. Uh, we've got the Wellness Summit coming up. We'll record a, a live video uh, message of hope for Byron and his family and you can have a listen to that now. Hi Byron, hi Melissa, it's Karen here from Up For A Chat. Thank you so much for allowing us to give you this very special, special message. The three of us really wanted you to know that we're thinking of you and we're sending you all our love from the bottom of our bottoms. 
to hope that you feel amazing and that you have the most extraordinary experience that you're going through right now. Know that we're all with you and that we love you dearly and we know that you're going to get through this. Stay strong, see it as a bit of contrast and know that you're going to come out the other side an amazing, amazing example of what humanity is capable of. We're all with you and we love you to bits. Hey Byron, Kim here. Now you know how much of a spunk I think you are. And you know how much that innate intelligence within your body is truly your most greatest ally, your greatest asset. So plug in, my darling. Use your family, use your friends as the wind beneath your wings as your body heals and takes yourself to another dimension. I love you with all my heart. I'm so proud that you listen to us. I know I'm the funny one. I'm the funny one. Well, she thinks she is. No, I'm the funny one. No, really. Just understand that through laughter with us that you will heal and that we absolutely are beside you every step of the way, you gorgeous creature. Yeah, what they said. (laughs) Hey, Melissa. Hey, Byron. Um, I'm just so proud of you, Melissa, that you have taken on the most amazing journey over the last two years. I'm so glad that your chiropractor, Caitlin McGregor, got you to come to the Wellness Summit and and that you're on this journey and that this will strengthen you, enabling you to get through what you're all going through at the moment. We love you dearly and we're thinking about you and we would love to hear progress on how you're going. And bye from the Up For Chat girls. But we, we love you. Yeah, we love you, but we actually do have a few other people that want to say something, don't we? Yeah, just a couple. Just, just, just a couple, just a couple. Just so we'll just let... What we didn't know at the time, Bretto, was that his mum, Melissa, was actually in the crowd. She was in tears whilst all of this was going on. We were all in tears. And then Mel came down to the stage and we all just burst into even more tears. And I think it's uh, an inspiring story that we can't wait for people to hear. So let's shoot straight down now to the surf coast of Victoria and introduce the beautiful, the remarkable, the inspirational Melissa Della. Mel, welcome to the podcast. Hi, guys. How are you? Oh, we're great, Mel. It's so great. Thank you so much for coming on board, especially for the first ever podcast. And we're just going to jump straight into it, Mel, because we've got a lot to cover in this episode and a limited amount of time. So I'd love for you to tell us, when did you first know something wasn't quite right with Byron's health? Oh, and look, it happened. It actually happened quite quickly. Um, basically, over a three-week period, um, I was picking him up from school. So he was only in grade one, uh, six years old at the time. And every day I'd go and pick him up from school and he'd have a headache or he'd have a tummy ache or he'd have a he- ear knee rake. Or, and then he was, he was spiking temperatures at night and he was having night sweats. And, you know, at first, the first couple of times you kind of think, oh, he's getting a virus. Um, but it never actually eventuated 
into any sort of a virus. It was just all these viral-type symptoms. I'd keep him home from school for a day. Um, temperatures would go away, send him back to school, pick him up the next day, same thing again. And we just went over this for about... Oh, it was almost two weeks. And I knew that something wasn't right. Um, it wasn't... Um, I was, you know, I do have a nursing background, but it was a bit of just that gut feeling, that, um, you know, mum's intuition. And I took him to the GP, um, I took him to our GP clinic, actually, and um, but our normal, the kid's normal GP wasn't on that day, and there happened to be a GP that I hadn't seen there before. And he assessed him and everything, and I asked for a blood test because I just had this, uh, you know, this deep feeling something was serious. Um, unfortunately, that didn't go very well and the GP wouldn't do a blood test, wouldn't give me the form for a blood test, so I didn't oh, leave wow. there very happy. Um, and so I waited till the Tuesday morning when our GP was back on. Um, but over that um, four days, I started doing, you know, nursing background, my own, you know, I could feel that his glands were up um, and they were up everywhere, all over his body. Um, he was, he had a fall. The, the thing for me was on the Friday, that was about, you know, late in the afternoon, on the Friday afternoon, on the Saturday morning, he was running down the hallway and he actually tripped over and um, he fell and, you know, he cried. A little bit he was six and then he got up and he went away and I as, when he was getting dressed he just happened to get his arm tangled in his sleeve and he came out to me and goes mum I can't get this on and I looked at his arm and it was black <laughs> absolutely black what from what was a relatively minor fall and that was the the biggest trigger for me that you know oh hang on that's not right um so that's when I you know over the weekend um you know, um, you know, felt behind his neck, under his arms, in his groin, everywhere you could think that there's glands, they were up, I could feel them. Um, then his tummy started to get distended on the Sunday. That was actually Mother's Day. Um, and so I had a look, you know, I was standing there looking at his tummy and I'm going, oh, that's not right. And, you know, I could palpate his liver, I could palpate his spleen. And so all of these things were just jumping out at me, you know. And um, so I, yeah, in hindsight, maybe I should have taken him to emergency, but I just felt like no one was listening to me at that time because I was really dismissed by the first GP. Um, so I got into our GP on the Tuesday morning. Um, he'd had his... Um, we went straight down. She agreed with everything that I said, Um the, the look on her face was just sheer worry as well. Uh, went down to the local, the um, the main branch of pathology, had his blood test because they have testing on site and everything, and she assured me. So by 12 o'clock, everything was done and dusted, and she said, um, I will ring you as soon as I know what's going on because obviously I was quite worried. She was quite worried. I said to her when I presented and I said, you know, I found this, 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 this and this. I said, you know what I'm thinking? I, actually, I thought he had lymphoma. Um, and again, not wanting to alarm anybody, I just kept all this to myself. <laughs> um, and then um, 
waited. I just waited and waited and waited. And it got to about four o'clock and I thought, oh, I must have just, you know, it must be all right. Everything must be all right. And then we got the phone call um, about quarter, 20 past four and I just went racing back to the to the GP surgery and the GP was actually waiting at the door for me. And as soon as I saw her face, I just knew. I said, I'm right, aren't I? I said, he's got lymphoma. And she said, no, he's got leukaemia. So it was all pretty quick. Um, they So what had been going on behind the scenes from that uh, blood test is that my GP was straight on to the Geelong Hospital. The Geelong Hospital was straight on to the Royal Children's Hospital at Melbourne and everything was done and organised behind the scenes. So when I went to that GP visit um, and got those results, she said, the Royal Children's Hospital is waiting for you. You have to get in your car and go now. Um, so that's what we did. Um, it was probably the worst drive of my life. Um, took us, it was peak hour traffic, so it took us an hour and 40 minutes to get there wow. from Geelong. Um, and, you know, I, as I said, I do have a nursing background, but uh, oncology isn't the area that I work in, so I didn't have you know, a huge amount of knowledge in it at the time. And from when I studied, you know, back then 20-something years ago, um, the statistics and everything were very different. So for me, um, um, I just I thought I was taking my son to hospital to die. Oh, Mel, it's a heart-wrenching um, story to hear. Tell us about how... You spoke about that drive. I think we can't even imagine what that drive would have been like. But how does a family function in that time? What impact did did this have on Byron in the very early stages? You've obviously got a daughter as well, Eden, uh, your husband, Mark. Um, How does a family navigate through that type of news in the very early moments um, as well? Uh, uh, I don't know how I achieved what I did. So I walked into... when I got the phone call from the GP, my husband was actually in the shower. He just got home from work. And I said to them, I said to the receptionist on the phone, I said, does my husband need to come with me? And she said, oh, I don't know. The doctor didn't say. And I said, that's okay. Don't worry. So Mark was in the shower, as I said. And I was just, I wasn't waiting. I just wasn't waiting for him to get out of the shower. And I also, um, we had to have someone at home with the kids. So at the time, Byron was six, so my daughter was four. And um, I said, you just stay home with the kids, I'm going. <laughs> and I went up. So um, when I got back, he was waiting on the on the front step for me. Um, so I told him, obviously, we were both in tears. Um, and I was just basically bang straight on the phone. I was straight on the phone to my family that all live interstate um, in northern New South Wales. And Mark was straight on the phone to his mum, who does live here in Geelong, because we had to send Eden to go with her. Um, we didn't know what we were in for, so we just threw some stuff in a bag, sent her, he drove her around there while I threw some stuff in the bag um, for Byron and myself, and Mark threw some stuff in a backpack. Um, so he packed, he packed three pairs of socks um, and a jumper. I think that was it. So you don't, you don't function. You don't think about, you know changing your underwear, cleaning your teeth, <laughs> um, any of that sort of stuff, um, and just got in the car and started driving. Uh, so how we even manage that sometimes, I wonder. But 
you do kind of just go into this. Um, well, I do anyway because I, I lean to a bit more of the practical side of things and it's just like, okay, this is what we've got to do. You ring your mum, get I'll pack Eden stuff, you take around there, I'll pack our bags and then we'll go. So, oh, um, Mel, it's amazing, Mel, and it's hard to even imagine putting yourself in that situation. Obviously, you know, Marcus and myself, both with young children, it's hard to even imagine how you could function and, and be so calm and logical about it. And, you know, I guess for me, it was obvious when you were talking, even from that first GP experience of, you know, asking for a blood test and not quite getting what you were looking for, um, that you already had some questions about, I guess, the approach you were going to take and where you were going to get the information and the resources and the help you needed to support you guys through this journey. So can you tell us a little bit about you know, your approach, obviously, as a nurse with a, you know, a medical background and then also that your, you know, alternative health uh, interest and background that you brought into this. How did you guys approach that as a family? Um, yeah, sure. So, um, obviously, uh, um, with, a, with a, a nursing background, um, I had, you know, um, that sort of knowledge there. But I've always had... Um, just a love for alternative health practices as well. So um, I was fortunate enough to have um, a mum that, um, you know, um, got started taking me to chiropractics for childhood migraines um, when I was eight years old. So I've been, I started seeing a chiropractor when I was eight years old. Um, and she um, didn't seek answers that, she was looking for for me as her child and took an alternative path. So that kind of um, had a, had a, an impact for me as well. Um, and I've always, um, even though I went into conventional medicine, I've always had thought that they both just work so well together. Um, so that was... That was um, the basis of um, being able to um, accept and understand and know that uh, alternative medicines can be very beneficial uh, with helping my son through his illness as well. So, um, sorry, yeah. Mel. So I was just going to say this is this is where we understand the introduction to the wellness couch began. My understanding is that, that Caitlin McGregor, um, a great chiropractor down your way, introduced you to either the podcast network or our events, uh, particularly the Wellness Summit. Is that how you first got involved with the Wellness Couch or first heard about the yes, Wellness Couch? Yes. Absolutely. So um, fast forwarding to, you know, before Byron got sick. Um, yes, yeah, so, so I've always um, had chiropractic during my life and I was seeing Caitlin McGregor at... Um, here down in down here in Geelong, and just with chatting and give her a plug. Pioneer Family Chiropractic, I think it's called, yeah, isn't it? Pioneer Camp Family Chiropractic here in Geelong. Um, I, um, I, I don't, look, I don't even remember, but it just came up in conversation during um, one or many of our visits, and so I looked it up. I looked into it, and I thought oh, I'd really like to go to that. Um, I think. Uh, if I get my sequence of events right, I think they actually run before the Wellness Summit 
the one that the first one that I went to, um, excuse me, <coughs> sorry, I think they actually um, got Damien down and did uh, an evening. It was at the Cats um, in a in a room at the Cats Stadium, and it might have been his um, the power, power of food. food. Yep. Yeah. So, and I think um, obviously I, I really enjoyed that, and then uh, just yeah, with discussions, got on to the wellness summit and started going. So. So tell us a bit about that, Mel. And, and first of all, you know, well done, Damo. Heading down to Cadinia Park, it's not his natural territory for a Rick oh, Tigers fan to head down this. to Cadinia Park. So this is a football good work, zone, Damo. everybody, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, tell us about your decision then to come along to the Wellness Summit. Like what did Caitlin say? What did you know about the summit? And what was your decision then around thinking this might be something that might be of benefit? Particularly having a child at home that was, that was ill. I mean, when Caitlin sent us the message to write a, a message on a card, we, we weren't thinking at all that, that you would be there. So that would have been, I imagine, a, a big decision in itself. Uh, so that one was actually, I'm not sure if that was my third or fourth summit, um, that one, and I wasn't supposed to be there. So we had a very brief window here and there because when, when Byron got sick, I had to move to Melbourne and live there with him. And my husband lived in Geelong with our daughter. They wouldn't let us come home. Um, because his his treatment was um, quite intense and we needed to be close to the hospital. Um, So I had bought my ticket with my friend that I go every year. We were going together. That was our thing that we did as as mums. We had this weekend where we went to the Wellness Summit and it would have been our, I'm pretty sure it was our third year, so the 2015 would have been my third summit. And um, we just happened to have a window where we popped back to Geelong and we, you know, got in and we saw Caitlin and I said, oh, I'm not going this year, obvious reason. Um, not knowing that she was, um, you know, planning what she'd planned. But then, you know, community steps in as well. And my friend that I go with all the time, she bought um, the, the ticket. So she bought my ticket and... She organised, she picked up my husband from Geelong. Um, we organised, and other family friends organised to take our daughter for the weekend. Um, I just had all these, you know, wonderful people in my life um, step in um, and help me out so I could actually get there. So I wasn't supposed to be there, <laughs> um, but... Uh, I'm I'm so glad. I can't tell you how amazing it was to be in that room and um, feel the energy from the people um, and the love, you know, for for, um, the wellness of my baby, you know. One of the things that I said when he first got sick, I said, I don't want people to feel sorry for us. I want people to feel strong for us. And that's what I got that day in that room. It's, it's interesting, um, isn't it, how a like-minded tribe doesn't have to be people that you necessarily know. There's something about um, any personal growth events, not just, not just our wellness summit or wellness base camp or wellness breakthrough, but you don't have to know people personally to feel the love of a like-minded tribe, do you? No, no. And the energy was just electric. Like I just, I felt it go right to my soul. I can't, I don't know how else to explain it. I just, it was amazing. 
Um, just everyone, you know, calling his name and wishing for him to be healthy. Um, yeah, it was the most one of the most amazing experiences of my life. I'll make sure we put the video in the show notes so that uh, people can yeah. see and relive that memory. I think, Bretto, we often put it up in social media posts uh, like before every wellness summit. Um, no doubt we'll, we'll put it up before this year's summit um, so that people can just – it's just a great like a, a throwback Thursday type post. It's such a yeah. beautiful memory to relive every year. And like you say, Mel, that, 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 um, that atmosphere was electric. Bretto, there are two moments in Wellness Summit history that for me are the most electric, the Maldella, Byrondella chant and uh, Wes Carr at last year's summit when he was doing the singing with Kay. They were just oh. um, melt-in-your-mouth magic moments. Oh, yep. Now, Mel, I'm really curious about what you took away from that summit. I mean, because obviously you mentioned before that you've come back three or four times to a summit, which is amazing, and thank you. Um, but, you know, I'm always curious about what people take away from the summit because so far what you've talked about predominantly is the, I guess, the feeling, the atmosphere, the environment in the room. And so it seems like some people come to the summit and they really take away that and that sense of community and connection. Other people come to the summit and seem to take away very specific details and facts and strategies that they can take. So do you remember any of the content from that summit? Was there anything that stood out to you and stuck out for you um, that you took home and then sort of wanted to make a change and implement into the lives and and into your family as well? Um, Yes, so with um, one of the main things I did with Byron – so, obviously, you know, he had to undergo chemotherapy um, and he underwent three and a half years of chemotherapy. Um, and the side effects of the chemotherapy are, are quite um, horrible. They can be quite horrible. And I was looking for... I, I always uh, wanted to manage the side effects from the... He, the chemotherapy in my own way, um, not by giving him another drug to uh, treat the side effects of one thing to then treat the side effects of a give another drug to treat the side effects of another thing. So that whole roll-on effect of, you know, taking more drugs. Um, so I'll give you an example. Is um, One of the drugs that he was on, Vincristine, gives um, terrible neuropathic pain and it can happen anywhere, but for Byron, it was mainly down in his legs, um, in his uh, shin area of his legs. Um, and it um, can be quite debilitating. Um, a lot of kids struggle to walk. Um, um, so I um, spoke with Kim um, Morrison and, and a few other people about different things there, but I ended up taking, um, buying some frankincense from her um, and I used um, frankincense in massage oil and I would massage his legs. I was burning it in um, a little um, diffuser, just an old-fashioned typed one with the little tea-like candles that I got and massaging in his legs, um, magnesium bars, so magnesium chloride and magnesium sulfate with the frankincense in that as well. And not until I got home, um, because of having to be living across the road from the hospital, 
I couldn't access all of the resources that I wanted to, but once he got home, I then um, put him into acupuncture. Um, and so just that one symptom, um, it, that's the alternative I took to treat his pain in his legs rather than give him another drug. Um, that then that drug had terrible side effects itself and then they would give another drug to treat that. So they treat the um, neuropathic pain with gabapentin and gabapentin is, in children especially, cause terrible behavioural disturbances. Kids are quite um, have a lot of anger bursts and behavioural issues and stuff and then, you know, then they might just, think, oh, well, they're having these anger issues, we'll give them some clonidine. So then they drug them up with something else. Um, and I, where I work, I actually have a background. I work in operating theatres doing anaesthetics and recovery. So I'm, I'm quite um, up on all of those drugs. And I just went, no, my son's not having those. He's sick. No. <laughs> um, I don't, you know, it's different when adults can make their own choice, but... I just thought that's not a path we're taking. So um, that was one of the major things. Um, it's phenomenal to hear. I mean, that responsibility is apparent that for all of our listeners that are parents listening, you can, it, it feels somewhat overwhelming sometimes when you are making choices, in, in essence, for your children. When it comes to that level of healthcare, um, or as you said, like sick care, it's really, I just, you're an inspiration, Mel, to hear you talk. I know you probably didn't, you may not have felt so level-headed at the time, but just to hear you talk about it, I'm just inspired for the way that um, you carried yourself. I know that if Damien Christoph was here or Cindy O'Meara was here, they'd want to know about food. I know from memory that you definitely had a keen interest in Thermomix, um, but I, I know our listeners that just love a good food story would want to know, what did you do with his diet? You know, Did you have to cut things out? Did you go the whole hog and go like so crazy fussy or were you a little bit loose like... What did you do around nutrition and, and did it have an impact on um, his levels of health and or side effects? Sure, yes. So the short answer is yes, but the interesting thing for me um, as a mum and with an interest in food as well, uh, food and health, is that I'd actually um, put, you know, during my pregnancies and everything like that, I did what I thought was right, followed the sad standard Australian diet um, and the other thing, the, the background that Byron has is that he's actually on the autism spectrum. So that was one of the first things before he got leukaemia that sent me um, also seeking other... Um, Practitioners. Other ways of yep. dealing with things. Because I thought, you know, I did everything right. How, how could this happen? Um, and so when Byron was about three, I started making dietary changes then. And so, you know, I got rid of wheat out of it, out of his diet, um, or out of all of our diets. Um, I didn't do a GAPS protocol, but I called myself a GAPS dabbler. So I, you know, broths and things like that were big in our diet. So I actually already had that in there. And so that was the big thing for me um, with... Byron's diagnosis is I remember sitting in um, the doctor's surgery and, and you know, I was bawling, absolutely bawling my eyes out. And the doctor's surgery is literally across the road from my children's school. And I was pointing out the window and waving my fingers. 
and going, how? How did this happen? We eat so well. I buy organic. I make all my own breads. I make all my own snacks for my kids. I do all of this, you know, how and pointing at the school and I'm going, you should see the crap some of those people over there feed their kids. And so that was um, not at the time but down the track um, a big wake-up, not a wake-up call but where, you know, that whole um, realising that food is very, very, very important. I'm not saying that it is but it's not just all about food. Um Hallelujah. So, uh, yeah, um, uh, where I was, you know, at that point in time, I was probably just focusing on food and making it all about food. Um, and so going to Ronald McDonald House and living there, I actually had to change the way I did things because I couldn't do the things that I did at home. I didn't have the same... Um, I was in a share kitchen for a start. I did try to do, I think it was in the first week that I was there, I tried to do, I went and got some bones and I put my chicken bone broth on and I put it in the kitchen and I left it on overnight. Um, And early in the morning, early hours of the morning, I thought I heard someone knocking on the door. And, of course, they've got night keepers that, you know, walk around and check everything. And, uh, you know, it was probably before 6 o'clock, maybe five thirty, six o'clock, and I'm thinking, who would be knocking on our door? I don't know anyone here. I'd only been there for a few days. Um, and then, sure enough, it, it came about half an hour later. It was again and a bit louder, and they obviously were going around looking. And anyway, they said, have you left the slow cooker on in the kitchen? And anyway, everyone was up in arms <laughs> that I left an appliance on. Um, <laughs> um, so... I said yes, and they're going, oh, you know, that. they weren't, you know. I said, I'm just doing a bone, you know, a bone broth, and I'm trying to draw the nutrients from the brain, and, you know, I may as well have been there just blank because it was, you know. Talking another language. Young guy. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and so I, I think I, I finished it. I did get it finished, and we had that in the fridge, and, then uh, um, I tried it. The second time I tried it, I wrote a note and stuck it to the um, to the slow cooker and said, "I know I have left this on. Please don't turn it off. I'm making bone broth. I'm in room 22, you know, or whatever room I was in at the time. I can't remember. Um, so I did try a couple of times, but you know, in the it became pretty apparent. You know, I couldn't make bread." I didn't have the facilities. And we were spending a lot of time over at the hospital. You know, we were there like four out of five days, like all day for Byron City mm. Day and College and he was having chemo. So I had to actually, um, I had to relax a bit um, yeah. on the way. And it's such a great example, Mel, of, of, you know, just being able to figure out, you know, and control what you can control and let go of what you can't. And I think there'll be, so many people listening in who can really relate to this story and, you know, relate to what you're saying about the mother's guilt and, and relate to the idea that, you know, sometimes we do, we feel like we've done everything right and this kind of, you know, why is it happening to me? And, you know, what I think it speaks to and one thing I'd love you to talk about is, um, you know, often people come away from something like the Wellness Summit um, and they can be full of lots of sort of tactics and strategies of, you know, what we can do and, as you said, the bread and the thermomix and all those sort of things. But, um, sometimes when they want to go beyond that, they do, you know, you came along to the wellness breakthrough um, and that's a really different event in terms of the things that are focused on and the depth that we go into when we do an event like that. So 
I'd love you to talk a little bit about your decision to come along to the Wellness Breakthrough um, and also what you found at the Wellness Breakthrough that was different to the Wellness Summit and, and particularly how that then shaped the journey for your family um, going forward from there? Yeah, sure. So um, my decision to go was actually because of you guys, because you guys gifted it to me, um, which was amazing. And um, I, I honestly didn't know that I was going to get there. So um, Byron literally only got discharged from living in Melbourne the week before the summit. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, so I... Um, I'd only been home for a week, and I just, which it was actually really, really hard um, to pack up and leave. Um, but I knew that I needed to do it. I needed to do it for me, and I needed, you know, I needed to do it for my family too. Um, but the wellness breakthrough was probably more about me than, you know, I, I, I actually, you know, I put me first, and I went along. Um, I had my phone next to me the whole time. <laughs> I was carrying it everywhere I went. Um, but um, and dealing with um, some of the things that I, you know, that I went through with Byron's diagnosis and his treatment. Because as I said, I, I'm pretty practical. Um, and whether that comes from having, you know, twenty-something year nursing background or whatever, because. You know, I, I, I did cry, I bawled, and as I said, and my fear that I was driving my son to hospital to die was incredible. Um, but once they sort of said to me that, you know, he, 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 will survive, he can survive this and will survive this, um, once I sort of got past that initial release, um, I was like, oh, my God, you know, yeah, okay, it's like, okay, we can do this. And it was, you know, like, you know, okay, come on, let's get on with it. Let's do what we've got to do. Um, and um, as I said, I just I just got on with things. That, that's what I do. I so just was, get on with it. I was, just, sorry, was yep. the wellness breakthrough more about your belief systems based on what you're talking about there? Was it more less about what to do and more about who you are and, and what beliefs you, you carry through your life, through not just Byron's um, recovery, but also yourself as a mother, yourself as a wife, yourself as an individual, um, is that is that more what Absolutely. you were breaking yep. through on? Yes, yep, and that's what I was breaking through on. Yeah, yep, um, and um, you know that again. Um, as a mum. Um, I'm not, and I'm not saying that dads don't do it as well, but I can only speak as from a mum's point of view because I'm mum. You know, you tend to think you've got to put everyone first, everyone first, um, and you know, taking the time to look after yourself is not wrong, um, and it's probably better and beneficial for your family. So some of those things. Yeah. Um. And I think just the commitment of yourself, again, we were uh, um, inspired that you put two days away to come to the Wellness Summit, then to give it, then to give yourself those, you know, two and a half days or three days really for the Wellness Breakthrough. What's well, really, what is it, yep. 6 p.m. Friday to 6 p.m. Sunday is a massive yep. commitment and to value yourself enough to give yourself that time. Like you said, you probably had the phone <laughs> by your side every minute, but um, I think that's what inspires us about you, Mel, in, in, in spite of challenge and in spite of just incredible um, 
it just yeah, what seems like insurmountable odds at times, you're still able to value yourself and support your family and the people around you, and and we commend you for it. We would love to know naturally enough how is Byron today, um, the young man after such a, a challenge in life at such an early age. Uh, so yesterday was actually his birthday. He turned eleven. Happy birthday, young <laughs> man! Happy birthday. Yep. yep. So um, he just he finished chemo in September last year. So he's just ten months finished chemo now. Um, getting stronger and healthier every day. Um, oh, smashes food like you wouldn't believe now. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, just you know, he just used to pick and and uh, just it really made you realise. You know, wow. You, you, when it becomes part of your everyday life, you, you know, to stop and reflect and to, to think how sick he really was. Um, when you see him now, um, he's run cross country and made it into districts. Um, uh, he's, yeah, look, he's doing really well. Considering he almost missed a year of school, um, when we had to move and live in at Melbourne, um, he hasn't skipped a beat at school um you know academically she's doing really well um we have had a little bit of a hiccup um so his port or portacast that they give all his iv chemotherapy through um unfortunately has adhered to the major vessel in the heart the superior vena cava so um he's had one surgery to remove the port and that didn't go as planned so he's now under the cardiac team at the royal children's hospital and We'll probably, not sure when, but at some stage be having some sort of a cardiac surgery to remove that. Um, so, yeah, that's a bit unfortunate. It's quite rare, but it has happened. But again, we've just got to deal if with it. If he's overcome what he has, then yeah, you, there's no doubt that he can overcome this. That's right. That's right. And just, again, staying positive and, you know, doing all the right things and, just building up his immunity and everything before that time comes that they decide that it's time, you know, that he's right for surgery. Um, but yeah, he's fantastic. He's doing really, really well. Yeah. Uh, well done. Well, send Byron our love and, of course, to Eden and Mark and yourself, Mel. We are just inspired by the wellness lifestyle that you live. And we can't thank you enough for being the inaugural guest on the Wellness Breakthrough podcast. Thank you so much for joining oh, us and sharing your story. Oh, thank you to you guys. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm so, I'm, I'm honoured oh, that you picked me. To- <laughs> <laughs> Gold medal, oh, Melissa Della. Couldn't pick anyone else, Mel. It's amazing. You did a wonderful job. Oh, Bretta, there might be a few people that are a bit shattered that they didn't get the first guest uh, title. <laughs> so, you know, as I said, Mel, you're inspiring us in, in more ways um, than one. So, yeah, thanks so much again for joining us on the Wellness Breakthrough Podcast. Oh, no problems. Thank you so much for having me. Bretto, thank you for joining us this inaugural uh, episode of the Wellness Breakthrough Podcast. Thank you so much. Great man. Thank you, Marcus. I've loved it. It's just, it's amazing to hear these stories. And as I said, just so inspiring. And uh, I'm looking forward to doing many more of these, Marcus. Yeah, some inspiring stories coming your way, listeners. If you would love to join us in the flesh, we would love to have you at one of our events. Our next one is the Wellness Summit coming up August 17 and 18 in Melbourne at the Williamstown Town Hall. Get your tickets over at thewellnesssummit.com. We also spoke about the Wellness Breakthrough on this podcast. That is by application only. That is over at thewellnessbreakthrough.com. You can see the highlights videos of both events at the relevant websites. A big shout-out to everyone who makes this podcast 
podcast possible. Joseph Tomo, our editor, Rosie Garner, who does our social media, and the entire team at The Wellness Couch. Thank you for all that you guys do. We would love your feedback on this podcast. You can give it a rating in the iTunes store or wherever you listen to podcasts. But more importantly, show a whole new world to your friends and family. Show them how to listen to podcasts. Show them how a whole new world of information and great stories are available to them free of charge all day long. Thanks again for your support of the uh, Wellness Couch podcast series. You can find out all about our podcast over at thewellnesscouch.com. And until next time, we'll see you on the next episode of The Wellness Breakthrough. The 2019 Wellness Summit is almost here. I love being at these events. They're always such a great positive environment. It's been really great to um, listen to like-minded people and to um, meet a few people, actually. I've been to every summit and I've been to every one and I'll always keep coming. It's always inspiring. It's been a real eye-opener. We're actually signed up to go to the breakthrough now. It's very motivating. I think it's great to listen to people who are inspired. And there's always something to learn and something to take away. I think uh, for myself and giving myself that um, opportunity to, to learn. There's so much going on in life and everything that you can get distracted and forget the things that you should be doing. And this always reminds you to get back on track and, and um, to focus on the things that are important, a holistic health. Just do it, yeah. Just yeah, suck it up and do it. It's, uh, it could be life-changing, yeah. I would say it's awesome and it's the start of changing your life. Come along, see what it's about and enjoy it. It's an amazing event with like-minded, positive people and you can't help but um, walk away feeling great. Positive Mentor presents the 2019 Wellness Summit, August 17 and 18 in Melbourne. Can you afford to miss out? Tickets at thewellnesssummit.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.